the Ghost Goal Podcast. We've got the undisputed biggest game of the Premier League season coming up this weekend as Manchester City hosts Liverpool with pole position in the league title race at stake with seven games remaining in the league season after this weekend. There's plenty of other highlight matchups around the league, including a struggling Everton hosting Manchester United to start things on Saturday. Arsenal looking to bounce back from a surprise loss at Crystal Palace on Monday with a home game against Brighton while Chelsea would look to get their season back on track with a trip to St. Mary's to face the Saints. Meanwhile, Tottenham will go to Aston Villa looking to continue their recent good form that's landed them in the top four for the first time in weeks. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 351. Coming up a little bit later for the preview of that uh, Manchester City-Liverpool matchup, we uh, we had to go get an OG, bring him back. Our guy, Andrew, Liverpool fan, Andrew Pissarro, of the Plus Money podcast. He joined us for a little 15-minute preview of that match. So uh, that's something to look forward to a little bit closer to the end. But Javier, how are we feeling after uh, the, the surprise of Monday and the 3-0 loss to Crystal Palace and all say, the injuries Alex, that it came was with surprising, it? It was surprising before I found out that Tierney was injured and I saw Nuno Tavares on the, on the team sheet. When I saw Nuno Tavares, I started shitting myself because the last time he played for Arsenal was that Nottingham Forest game where he got dragged off in the first half and Arsenal were so abysmal, but he was just beyond shit. And it happened again. I mean, the 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 second the game started, Crystal Palace started attacking down his wing. And I'm not going to say he was at fault for both of the goals. It was m- much more Gabriel's fault. But it seemed like Gabriel was overcompensating in that first half for having Nuno Tavares down that wing and... Yeah, he just absolutely shit himself in that first half. Gabriel did, and and uh, both of those times you could see he was trying to cover for Nuno Tavares or trying to do something extra, and he didn't. And as soon as Nuno Tavares came off in the second half and Xhaka was moved to left back, as shocking as it is, we looked so much better with Xhaka at left back. You know, so uh, this game was disastrous for us in almost every sense because we also lost Thomas Partey to injury. You know, Tierney's out for man, the rest you just, of the season. You just, you just went off on this game. I, I I was straight up just like, hey, man, how you doing? How you feeling after well, that shot? Well, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little recap. bit testy about this game right now. <laughs> I'm a little bit testy about the game. I don't like the Crystal Palace. You know, we only got one point from them this season. and uh, But the one thing I do take solace is Tottenham just lost their 3-0, so... Not the end of the world for us. You know, just, we still we still have Tottenham a game in hand. Tottenham lost their 3-0 like, back at the beginning of the season. That was like the, their first loss of the season uh, after Nuno earlier went 3-0 season, to yes. start. Yeah, I mean, it was way earlier. Very different very different Tottenham team. Um, <laughs> let's start off with Everton Man United. I mean, I know there's a game on Friday, Newcastle hosting Wolves Friday at 3 p.m., but those are two teams that, you know, Newcastle's, I think, well and truly safe now. Uh, despite you know a turn a recent term term of bad form, and then Wolves are you know they're they're churning up the league right now. They're just behind Manchester United, so uh, keep an eye on that one. But the first game we're going to properly preview is this Everton Manchester United game. I worry for Manchester United here. As bad as Everton have been, I think this has like all the makings of you know home game for Everton, noon kickoff. Uh, like well, I how bad like were Manchester United this last weekend? They were. That's just... what I mean. 
That's what I mean. They're out. Of, was, I think they're out of top four right now. They're I mean, as bad it. as Arsenal played, like we lost three 0 Like that one one draw for Manchester United, there was just no good sequence of plays basically for Manchester United during the entire game. And their first half, they couldn't string like three passes together. They they moved the ball so so slowly. And I know that they didn't have Cristiano Ronaldo for this game. Who, I mean, their points per game when he's in the side and when he's not is incredible. I mean, I've been saying that he's the problem. I know a lot of people have been defending him, being like, how can he's he be the problem not, he's when he's, when he's, he's the, the only one scoring goals for them? I just think that like they set themselves up for failure by by basing the team around him, and they're getting what they deserve now. They're they're just not going to go anywhere this season. They're not going to no, win anything. They're not going to the get thing, anything. Javier, they would have runs of form like this. I mean, I know they got top four the last two But you two have to seasons, remember what we were saying at the beginning of, of the season. Like we were calling for them to be the fourth the fourth team in the title race along with Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. So we that was, was, that was entirely based race. off the fact that they got second the previous season and then the fact that they added not only Cristiano Ronaldo, but remember, people were expecting much more of Varane and he's been mostly injured this season. And no one was expecting Maguire and Shaw to drop off the face of the earth I mean, the way Shaw they was have. great they last were, season. They Maguire was pretty Euros. damn good too. They, they were really good at the Euros and were really good to help United get that second spot, but... You know, it just goes to show that, like, season to season, certain players just hitting a downturn in form can just completely, you know, uh, push you off schedule in, in terms of, like, the development of the team. Instead of challenging for the league title, they're, you know, down in, what, like, seventh right now? And probably, I, I said, as we were previewing previewing the, the Leicester game, if they don't win this Leicester game at home, uh, you know, with these three games coming up to the, the Liverpool away game, uh, needing to get nine points from that, then they're out of the, the top four race. It's it's that tight right now. And yeah, they've dropped like just far too many points. And when you watch them, if you had no concept of what point of the season they're in, like none of the circumstances of like where in the table they are, and you were just watching Manchester United play in a vacuum, you'd think that they were in the point of a season that like a title winning team is in after they've locked up the league title and they have like three games left in the season. It's like none of them care or are willing to even acknowledge the fact that their season is falling apart in front of their eyes. That's how like lackadaisical it looks when they're on the ball. And I think the reason for that, Alex, is because, I mean, a few weeks ago, Manchester United all but announced that they were looking for a new manager that, you know, Ragnick is just, I mean, we all knew he was going to be the interim manager, but you know, they were already saying, you know, linking Ten Hag, that Ten Hag's already going to be the manager in the summer. If you're a player at Manchester United, why would you listen to the guy who's definitely not going to be your manager this summer, who, you know, I know his tactics seemed to work a little bit slowly at the beginning when he came in, but, and like, they were starting to press a little bit higher up the pitch, they were starting to move the ball a little quicker. It seems like that's all just gone out the window. The players aren't listening to him anymore. They're not playing for him. Like, why would they go 100% full out? When, when, yeah, maybe they never did start listening to him. I mean, it's clear that now it's been four or five managers in a row that have said the players are a problem there. And I think Manchester United are all sorts of bits. And yeah, I think Everton could maybe take advantage of it as bad as Everton have been. I think they've have one win in the last nine games or eight games or something. It was that one nil win against Newcastle. Yeah. They just had an atrocious, atrocious result today with the uh, last minute loss to Burnley, which was a massive result for Burnley. Yeah, it's time to hit the panic button. It's uh, they're they're one point ahead of Burnley now, both even on games. They have uh, both played twenty nine games, uh, though. Watford yeah, so Burnley and used all those games them. in hand. It's just yeah, one point now. 
but yeah, it's it's a full on uh, relegation battle, and frankly, Everton have the most daunting schedule of like a lot of those teams in in the bottom end of the table. You know, they still have some winnable games like Brentford, but you know, we'll get to them in a second. But that now. Uh, looks like a tough game, but that looked like a game that Everton could focus on to to get points. But I mean, other than that, they have still have Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, obviously coming up this weekend. Liverpool at Anfield, I believe. It's uh, it's not looking good for them. But I, I do think that they've had enough like stifling performances, like that Manchester City one, where you know they were unlucky to not have a penalty from VAR, and there was just one mistake. That led to uh, Foden's goal. Yeah, maybe against Manchester United, a team that's in similar sorts of bits at the moment, they could get, I think, like a 1-1 draw. How about you? I think I'm still going to give it to Manchester United in this one. Um, I think Everton are in such a bad form. Yeah, and just, I I don't trust Everton at all right now. I mean, I know they're going to be at home and their fans are going to be behind them. They really need to get the behind them for this game because... They, they need to get something somewhere, and this is going to be one of the teams that maybe they can they can think they can nip something here. But I'll say 2-1 Manchester United. Okay, moving on to you guys. Arsenal hosting Brighton as part of that 10 a.m. slate of games. Arsenal coming off the aforementioned 3-0 loss to Crystal Palace. There's, you know, major injuries to key members of the uh, first 11 in Tierney and Partey. Uh, are you worried at all about... Face and Tomiyasu, face it. Like, like, where the hell has he been? I know yeah, he's going to be back in the last month, but the, he's not back, and I don't know where he is. But this is a good Brighton so I'm team, worried, man. but it's it's admittedly like a slumping Brighton team. Like they kind of gotten into the malaise of like, okay, we're safe for this year. We're you know solidly mid table. Uh, there's no danger of relegation for yeah, Brighton. Yeah, they're ten points out of the out of the drop. They're not they're not going to get into any relegation trouble this year. They right. just got a nil nil draw with Lorwich, but before that, I think they lost six straight games. So they haven't won in like seven or eight games. I know that like we're going to be very not much not at full power in this, but I think this is the type of game that we really need to show our medal because so far. You know when we've had bad results, the Everton results, um, you know the the bad FA Cup results, we've bounced back. The Man City loss every time so far. You know since Aubameyang's basically been out of the team. If there's been a bad result, there's been there's been a reaction, and I want to see a reaction here. Um, I, I think we saw a little bit of a reaction in the second half against Crystal Palace, where when it was two nil, there was like three very good chances, Emil Smith Rowe, and then two Ortegaard chances that, you know, one was cleared off the line by Gehi, the other one's put straight at. Guaita and then Odegaard just blasted like a really easy chance wide. I think if we had scored some of those, we might have been able to get something out of the game. Um, it turned out, you know, the Crystal Palace were basically just able to play us on the counterattack. And I mean, Wilfred Zaha was an absolute menace. I think Brighton, just just like you said, they're they're bad vein of form. I think even if we have, you know, Cedric starting in this game and Nuno Tavares or whoever we play at left wing back, Xhaka. Yeah, I was going to say we, maybe we were maybe before. maybe we switch to three at the back. Yeah, right. I, I mean we talked about that before the pod. People are calling for for Saka to be you know played at left wing back and and for us to play Smith Rowe on the right or 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 Odegaard or something like that and then move Smith Rowe into the middle and you know we've got we've got a good amount of combinations up front. We don't have many many players outside of Nico Pepe who didn't make the bench last game. He was injured or hurt or something. So I don't know if he'll be back for this game. But we kind of desperately need him right now because we need goals from somewhere where we've our goals have dried up a little bit and our back line doesn't seem to be as sure as it was before. And with these injuries, it's obviously not going to be. And and we're gonna have to find goals in order to win these games. So. I think it's going to be a tight one. I think it's not going to be easy at all. Um, I kind of think it it's going to be similar to that. That Norwich game 
where we came back at the beginning of the season where we had those three losses and we ended up beating Norwich only 1-0 and like Norwich were also bottom of the table on zero points with us and I kind of I kind of feel like it's going to be a similar grind in this one. So I'm going to say 1-0 Arsenal. I think it's going to be like very close and if we drop points here I'm going to be very nervous for our chances for top four. I know we still have the North London Derby, we still have a game in hand and that's probably going to be the decider, but we got to get we got to get full points here. Yeah, I'm 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 interested to see what the the effects of Partey's injury in particular are on the defense because you know when you guys have been at your best, he's been such a linchpin in midfield. Right, Tom, Thomas had an absolute nightmare in he the had a terrible Palace game, game though, right. and you know I know that I'm not saying that like Zombie's going to be the, the 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 guy to solve all these problems, but when he came on, he looked pretty good for the 15 20 minutes he played. Obviously, I think this type of Brighton game at home is the type of game where we can start him and maybe try to get him into the team, see how he does, um, get him some momentum and get him some minutes. These next two games, Brighton-Southampton before the Chelsea game are very, very important. Um, Chelsea just have this game this weekend, and then we play them next. You guys have like FA Cup, I think, so you have the next week off, and then you've got Champions League. Javier, so you guys have other important Javier, games in At between. Chelsea right now, there are no weeks off. After this, we have Real Madrid away. Crystal no, I didn't Palace, see you guys had a week Cup. off. I'm just saying you guys aren't playing in the Premier League right. next weekend while we are. So right. I just, okay. you know, I, I'm, I'm, we need to build our momentum these next two games going into that Chelsea game so we can be confident going into it. Like I need two wins out of these next two games, you know, to, to really keep that up. So I need us to get back on track here. I'm not, yeah. I'm not like super confident as I've been recently, you know, just because of these injuries. So. But at least the second the second half of that game, once Tavares came off, really give, gives me hope that like we're still there. We were still moving the ball around quickly, creating chances, defended pretty well. I mean, just other than the penalty, like the, if you look at the expected goals, which I know is not everything in football, but the expected goals was even outside of the penalty. So for getting destroyed as much as Crystal Palace did, like I'm 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 a little bit hopeful that there was already a reaction in the second half of that game. Hopefully, it continues into this game. Yeah, I'll go with two on Arsenal. Uh, I think the missing both Partey. Tomiyasu and Tierney like Malpai has always been a menace to you guys like he, he's an Arsenal killer so uh, either Malpai or maybe like Danny Welbeck or someone coming back to, uh, to Arsenal like Danny Welbeck's you know he screwed us over Chelsea scored the equalizer in like the 90th minute against us earlier this season so you should definitely be wary of them but I think you, you eke it out 2-1 let's move on to the other uh, major 10 a.m. game Southampton hosting Chelsea Chelsea are in a Bit of a free fall at the moment. Seven goals conceded in the last two games in all competitions. Uh, lost our last Premier League game to Brentford at home, uh, 4-1. It was a shock result that was eerily similar to the shock result of 5-2 uh, West Brom last season, or just around the same time of year. I think it was exactly the same time of year. West Wasn't Brom, there a red card in that game or no? Yeah. Uh, Thiago Silva got sent off when we were up 1-0. So it's a little bit different. A little bit different, little bit. I think. But, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not here to talk about the Brentford game. I'm here to talk about uh, Chelsea overall. <laughs> no, we'll talk about oh, it. Oh, you're but. not, Alex. Well, I am here to talk about the Brentford game and the Real Madrid game today. Like you said, seven goals, Alex. I've been saying it to you for a few weeks that I've been not so high on Chelsea recently, not just because of those, like this is before those results. Um, I know that Chelsea were on like a a big winning streak, but I I didn't really buy it. I mean, you guys beat Crystal Palace without Gallagher, which is bullshit. Uh, You beat Burnley, you beat Norwich, and you beat Newcastle. Uh, you, You can't really be proud of any of those wins there. 
Brentford are, are probably not? on the same on the same well, vein of I'm those. I'm proud of them, but like that was like the easy. I mean, even the Brentford home game was still considered like the tail end of like the easy part of our season. Like well, I just think mar- like that mar- Newcastle game, the Newcastle game, and then you guys went down in the Norwich game. Like there, there were there were there were no, a we little bit of warning signs. <laughs> we never went down in the Norwich game. <laughs> We we beat them three one. We were up two nil. They got a goal back in the oh, second 2-0. half. Oh two You're right. They got they got a penalty, but they made it, it nervous. 3-1. Like I remember that the game wasn't like comfortable for you guys until you scored the third goal in the 90th minute. Yeah, but you're leaving and out like And then the Newcastle Chelsea game, you needed another last minute winner. Chelsea, you're leaving out the very important, you know, X factor. You know, the intangible factor of everything that's been going on with the of club. Of the shit short that's going around the club. Yeah, absolutely. This is literally, this Brentford result was has literally been the first, like, blip. Where the fuck did Chalaba go? These last two games, you guys conceded seven goals and he hasn't been in the team whatsoever. Like, I know Rudiger, Christensen, and and um, Thiago Silva are your, you know, big name center backs, but Chalaba's been on fantastic form. He just got kicked off, kicked out of the team randomly, and I don't know if he's injured or something, but I feel like Chelsea need to bring him back, number one. Yeah, I think you'll see that two, for the Southampton game. Number two, like, I uh, I, I think Edward Bendy's been kind of suspect these last few yeah, weeks. You need, you need to cut that out. I know there's I know there's a big mistake in the Real Madrid game today. No one's going to fault you for bringing up, like, the major mistake in that Real Madrid game. But I think the important thing to note is the uh, the way that mistake was made. It's not anything new. Edouard Mendy, the best part of his game is not his distribution with the ball at his feet. Again, that's not an excuse. That was just straight up terrible today. He, he underhit a pass to Rudiger at midfield that Benzema was able to just run onto and complete his hat trick. And that happened 40 seconds into the second half. 40 seconds into the second half, after we had gotten the, the the first goal to get it to 2-1 after, you know, conceding too early to Real, had the momentum behind us, probably had a big team talk at halftime, and then it just killed all of our momentum. Even after that, we, we still managed to create like two or three decent chances in the game that, you know, we should have done better in taking and, you know, making uh, the tie at least manageable going into the second leg, but weren't able to do that. And, you know, now all of the blame goes on Mendy. I think it's easy and kind of a cop-out to point to that and say that, you know, Mendy is, uh, Mendy is a big well, no, factor in this. no, you didn't let me finish. I was about well, to say, no, because, I also feel like uh, Thiago Silva has been that, good. I know that every goal before that goal, that third Real Madrid goal today, all of the Brentford four, two uh, conceded in the Real Madrid game before that. I don't look at Mendy and think, oh, Mendy needs to do better there. Like... He's, he's a great goalkeeper, one of the best in the world, but those were two world-class Benzema finishes. And I don't know if you remember any of Brentford's finishes, but that was from complete, like, our defense just, like, crumbling to bits. So, Edward Mendy, guess what? He's still bad with the ball at his feet. It happened at West yeah, Ham no, earlier this season when and, he gave away you, a penalty. you guys crumbled again today. You guys were, I mean, how easily did, did Real Madrid cut you open today? I mean, it was like, it was insane. Like, would you they like probably me to break had down 10 why? very good chances. Would you like me to no, break like, down I, why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't really have time to go deep into it, but I mean, I understand that like, okay, the Brentford game, you were saying it's because you went into a back four, but in this yep. Real Madrid game, you guys had your first we choice. Were the, we were in the back three. We were, had Aspilicueta at left wing back, which he hasn't played this season. He's played in left back like, like seven yeah, years ago. When I ago. saw that, I was, I was worried for you guys. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. I placed a, I literally placed a bet on Real Madrid at plus three ten to win at Sanford Bridge when I saw Spiliqueta was starting because starting he doesn't play there, back. like you said. 
Yeah, yeah left wing back. I, I, I was just like, oh, okay. Well, and then like James obviously couldn't even get forward because he was so concerned about defending because you guys were just getting burned, uh, you know, all the time. I mean, it was it was obviously a rough game for Chelsea, but I mean, do you, do you think like you're not worried at all in the league still? I mean, you guys have an easy end of no. the season. You're still going to make top four. So what would worry me is if we lost the Southampton game, which I'm not saying is impossible, but I think overall as a team, like well, they're not going to get Broya. They're not going to have exactly, Armando Broya. So you're, that's you know, you're where, probably uh, safe, Alex. That's where, you know, that's where we play the play the game. And, you know, that's how we got uh, six points from Crystal Palace this season. Just gave them their best player. And then now he can't play against us. Right. Conor he was Gallagher. unreal against Arsenal. Like, fuck that. No, but fuck Southampton, that. he's just like been dominating against all of Chelsea's rivals. Like Shea Adams is having a good season. James Ward-Prowse just scored a free kick, a direct free kick against uh, Leeds last week. Uh, El Yanusi is kind of having a surprisingly good season. So they have other yeah, threats that could get Southampton at Southampton and Aston Villa are both kind of in that like malaise. Ma- like, what are you saying? The mid-table where like mid-table they're safe. Mid-table malaise. Yeah, they lost, they lost 4-0. to. These are the uh, Southampton's last few results. They lost 4-0 to Aston Villa, 2-1 to Newcastle at home, 2-1 to Watford at home, and then they drew 1-1 with Leeds away. Like, you'll be fine, Alex. I think this is the type of game that... That's what I'm saying, much though. Like, if we do much lose like this Brighton, game, I'll be worried. Right, then, then. I'd be worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say much like for us with Brighton this weekend, I feel like you guys are... It's not going to be easy. Southampton are going to make no, it hard. They're going to press you guys. Like, I don't think it's going to be easy, but especially because it's at St. Mary's, so it's a little bit different. Um, but I still feel like you guys have, have enough, especially Kai Havertz. I mean... He scored against Real Madrid. He's on a great vein of form right now. Um, fuck Lukaku. Like, I right. missed another anyone, sitter again anyone today. Anyone in the media, like, it's been happening a lot. People are trying to be like, oh, Lukaku is having a troubling time at Chelsea. Can they survive without him? And can they do well without him? I'm like, have you not watched Kai Havertz the last, like, month and a half? Like, the man is still, like, an absolute monster. He's still I mean, he was coming into midfield today has. against Real Madrid right. to, to pick up the ball from deep because he was getting frustrated with no service. But he still got his goal. And, yeah, I mean, he's on phenomenal form. So... I think Chelsea have enough to squeak this one by, and I think Marcus Alonso can still play against Southampton away. So I'm going to say you guys, you know, go back to your back three. You play Alonso. Alonso has a good game. You know, uh, I'm going to say two nil Chelsea in this. I'm going to say maybe three, two one, three one, maybe Chelsea. two one because you guys have been leaky at the back. Um, so I'll say two one actually. Yeah, maybe no clean sheet for you. I'll go with 3-1. The final game of Saturday will be another pivotal game in the race for top four. Uh, current fourth place Tottenham will head up to Villa Park to face Aston Villa Saturday at 12.30 p.m. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm probably looking at this one and thinking, all right, we went to Villa Park and we got a win. Can Tottenham do the same thing? Like, I, I don't think it's 100% guaranteed, despite Tottenham's very good form of late, that they go to Villa Park and just have their way with them. So... I was thinking during the Tottenham game against Newcastle, especially when Newcastle went up, I was like, oh, like, you know, this is this is what Tottenham's been doing. They've been conceding goals. But then as soon as Tottenham scored, the belief in their side was insane. Like they just surged forward and ended up banging in five goals. And I mean, Harry Kane didn't even score. He was barely part of the goals, to be honest with you. So it's a little bit scary to me how free scoring Tottenham are right now. It seems like the amount of the amount of times Doherty and Emerson Royale got into the box in this last game, and they've been getting into the box in these last few games. They've just been getting more and more forward. We that's that's a that's a big sign of an Antonio Conte team that's starting to click, that's starting to get its its rhythm right, that's starting to understand exactly what it needs to do. And that's worrying to me. That really is. Um, if that like if they go to Villa Park here and they get a big result, uh, 
it's gonna it's gonna put it's gonna keep putting the pressure on Arsenal and, and building up to this North London derby. So I hope Villa can do something here. I don't think they will because much like the teams we just talked about, Southampton, Brighton, they're right next to them in the table. That's 11, 12, 13 right now, and they're all safe. Like none of them are gonna get relegated. And Villa have lost their last three games. Now, to be fair to Villa, they've played Wolves, Arsenal, and West Ham, so it hasn't been an easy run for them. This is like right. probably also, the end of their really were, hard they run. They were really pushing for an equalizer against you guys. Like you guys were worthy of the win, but it was, there were still some worrying moments there where Ollie Watkins like hit the bar and hit the post. I mean, and yeah, they're, they're, they still are a threat. And Villa Park itself is like a weapon similar to Goodison Park, where Everton can still, you know, get a performance that's purely based off the energy of their fans, like willing them to perform that way. Otherwise they're going to get booed. Villa Park still has that effect on, on Aston Villa as a side. So I wouldn't be surprised if this ends like one, one, maybe a two, two, uh, if Villa are like, especially, you know, in good scoring form, but I'll, I'll go for the lower scoring option. I'll, I'll say one, one, uh, and you know, kind of a trip up for Tottenham. Tottenham have only drawn three games this season. And I kind of think it's going to be the type of game where they either lose it 2-1 or they blow Villa away. And I'm leaning toward the blow Villa away. So I'm going to say 3-1 Tottenham, which I hate. But I feel like the momentum is with them right now. They're playing well. Um, and we, we've got to give them credit right now. The momentum is with them until it isn't Javier. We've, we've had little moments like this before with Tottenham, even under Antonio Conte, where, you know, they get a good run of form together and then all of a sudden they trip up. I just think this is going to be the one. I hope so, Alex. I really do. The Sunday games before the Man City-Liverpool one will be Brentford-West Ham at 9 a.m., uh, Leicester-Crystal Palace, and a relegation six-pointer between Norwich and Burnley also at 9 a.m. Uh, Burnley are, of course, coming off that uh, 3-2 win against Everton to get themselves just a point behind safe, uh, out of safety. Uh, and this is another one they'll be targeting to uh, win. And, you know, hopefully uh, earlier in the weekend, Everton will have lost to Man United and all of a sudden Burnley are sitting pretty. Um, so that that's definitely one, probably the one to to watch before, you know, the obvious biggest game of the weekend, which we're going to throw to uh, our segment we recorded just before this with, uh, with Andrew. Nice little 10, 15 minutes previewing the Manchester City-Liverpool game. We'd like to welcome back to the podcast one of the OGs, Andrew Pissarro, Liverpool fan, we had to have you for this monumental fixture uh, where Liverpool will go to the Etihad this weekend, uh, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. in what I have no problem calling a title decider. You get, if you guys want to hear Andrew's uh, takes in general, he's doing a mostly betting podcast, the Plus Money podcast right now. If you check that out on Twitter and Instagram and where all podcasts can be found. But uh, are we feeling optimistic going into this weekend? Yeah, I mean, you got to feel confident. Uh, They're on like a crazy unbeaten run in the Premier League. The only game that they've lost in recent history was that second leg against Inter Milan, which for large portions of that game they were in control of, and I was never really concerned about that game anyways. So they're they're in really good form. Pretty much the entire team is healthy. You're going in to Manchester City, who, yes, they got the result against Atleti, in the midweek and the champions leagues played the same day as we did, but they've definitely had some slip ups in the league. Obviously the zero zero to crystal palace, the loss against Tottenham. However, this one is home cooking, but um, look, I mean, I, I agree with you, Alex, this is a title decider, but if I still think there's a chance that Liverpool can win the league, 
if they walk out of here splitting the points, like I don't think that automatically like is like, oh, this is still cities to win. But to be totally honest with you, there was a point in the season where I was like, all right, cool. We got League Cup. We've got the Champions League. We got the FA Cup to focus on. Like, I'm not really worried about the Premier League. Like, let's just, you know, maintain top four, keep getting results. And to some extent, this Premier League title kind of feels like the cherry on top because of how far, like, frankly, like how much of this of a lead city rent, like threw away. But I think that our ability to finish clinically versus city lacking that clear cut goal score. Yes. They're getting goals from a billion different places, but that like that guy you need in that moment, I think gives us the edge and I think Liverpool can nick a win here. And I, but I think it's going to be probably the most stress inducing game of my like tenure of being a Liverpool fan. No doubt about it. I, I just wanted to mention the, the 2018, 19 season. Uh, I mean, Liverpool and City have both won titles since then, one apiece. Uh, but the, the 2018-19 season, you guys were flying high. Uh, City stormed back. They had a game just like this around the same similar type of time of the year uh, at the Etihad. Uh, I think that was the game where John Stones like blocked a shot off of the yep. the line, and VAR yep. showed that it was like a less than a millimeter away mm-hmm. from being a goal. I still have nightmares about that. Right. It was a. It was a crazy game uh that could have been way more high scoring but a, a really well contested game that just ended up with city edging it uh it's it's one of those ones that like it's kind of a lottery in some sense i mean i i, I kind of i get what you mean though that the draw if that does happen it, things are still wide open and there's, there's so many games left what is it like eight eight games left now uh, they're eight games right now they'll have still have played 31 by the end of the weekend so All right so seven, seven left games after that I mean, and the nice thing, at least on Liverpool's end, is like, yeah, we still have to play Manchester United. We still have to play Tottenham. But those games are at home. Like, City still have to go to West Ham. They could drop points there. Um, they play Aston Villa on the last day of the season. They have to play Wolves at some point. And, of course, we still have to play them in the FA Cup. So, like, this is kind of like... and I'm, like, praying to God that City go out in the Champions League because I really... I, like, maybe for you guys as oh, not even true neutrals, but like fans of, of the premier league or fans of, you know, great soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. We could have Liverpool city this. We're going to have this weekend, FA cup semifinal, and then potentially a champions league final. I don't think my body can take that. Like I, I really, really would prefer to play anyone else in the champ. Maybe. Okay. Also not Chelsea because we did that in a cup final already this year. And that was enough anxiety for one afternoon. I mean, but, we, might, we, we might have, let, let me, let me get FA my cup take final. in here. Let me get my take in here. You guys have <laughs> yeah, just was, been going well, back and forth. Say, well, I was going to say Javier with you, like flipping your Manchester city title pick to Liverpool. Is that like kind of in line with what you think, like the, the outcome of this game is going to be Liverpool win and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think pushes uh, them to the title. The biggest indicator has to be recent form, right? And what we've just seen today, um, or in these last couple days in the Champions League, which was, you know, a a good city side, but they still had Nathan Ake starting at left back. And I don't know if that situation is going to be sorted by this weekend, but whoever is starting at left back is probably not going to be their first choice. And let me tell you, Liverpool right now, I mean, we were talking about it before the pod. Like, who do you start right now? Diego Yota is on fire in for national team in the league, uh, you know, when he plays in the Champions League, but then you've got Mane, Salah, and, I mean, Luis Diaz 
I don't know how much we've already talked about him a lot on this pod, saying how how amazing he's been for Liverpool. But like, you look at players like Nico Pepe or like Christian Pulisic or some of these other wingers that have come into the league with high profiles and big price tags. Luis Diaz just blew them all away. I mean, he's seamlessly fit into Liverpool. His pressing is insane. Like, it seems like he's he's a perfect Klopp made player just to press the entire game. Uh, his build up is fantastic. His runs. I mean, I love watching him play. He's so good. I had a tweet about this the other day. Liverpool buy players to fit a system, not individuals to to build a team around. Like, they know the way they're going to play. They're going to stick to that style of player, personality, et cetera, et cetera. And I do want to point out, you brought up health. I'm looking at the starting 11 for the Liverpool-Manchester City game. We started James Milner at right back. We started Curtis Jones in midfield. Like, Thiago's healthy. He's starting. He's been on great form this year. Trent Alexander-Arnold's back from injury. He's starting. He's Liverpool playing Liverpool haven't game. conceded a goal in the league in, like, five or six six games now, I think. It's been six that'll straight change. games. I mean, that'll Liverpool change. There's, there's no right. way. They'll, they'll, they'll. I know. Just defensively, you guys have been unbelievable, too. So this is an opportunity to win the title, but I think the biggest thing, too, is I don't want to walk away losing it because I do think if you lose the game, there, it's – it's probably it's probably done. Um, and I, I, you brought up who to start, and you would normally assume Mo Salah is the first name on the team sheet after like Virgil and Allison. And of recent form, with especially the way that Mane, would you would you play Mane down the middle or Mane down hey, the middle? I was calling for that the moment you guys signed Luis Diaz. I yeah. was like, put Mane in the middle, keep D- put, or Diaz on the left, Mane in the middle, and, and then have you Luis play, Diaz play that left wing role instead. You play Jota on the right because Mosala had an injury right before international break. Is he really a hundred percent back from it? Because he hasn't looked his best. Would you rather? Sixty I was about to say, for the first time this season, I'm thinking of taking him out in fantasy, which is like right, blasphemous. Right. Would, you, right? would you rather? Would you rather sixty minutes of so so Mosala? Or let someone battle Diogo Jota on the right for 60 minutes and get 30 minutes of a really well-rested Mosala to put it away. I don't think it's a ridiculous thing to say based on like recent games. Now, Jota has been a super sub for you guys. I mean, every time exactly, he comes I mean, on, even for 15, 20 minutes, that he makes a huge difference. You realize he's at 20 goals scored in all competitions this year for Liverpool? That's crazy. Wow. Like we're in he, he's the only first, 22 first week of April, 23, right? He's still a young kid. Uh, I want to say he's like 25. But but you guys, I think at one point, I'm not sure if it's still the case. You guys had the top three Premier League goal scorers in the league, and it was Jota, Mane, Jota, Mane, and Salah. Yeah, I don't think we currently do, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm, I'm always going to lean on the side of trust in Mo Salah, especially oh, yeah. in these big oh, games, yeah. like. Like I, I, you mentioned, you mentioned the the admissions or omissions. So his goals in against City earlier the in the game. season, right? Well, that was Fucking exactly insane. what I was going to say. Like, I'm not going to say City kind of played you guys off the park in that Anfield game, but the equalizer in that was the brilliance of Mo Salah. He is a big game player. 100%. He's got great scoring records against City, Chelsea, Arsenal, a lot, a lot of big teams. He's got really good goal scoring yeah. records against them. Uh, like I, I don't think you can really go wrong. Like both those options sound like I could understand uh, the thought process if if Klopp did decide to. I can't believe I'm even saying it. Rest Mo Salah for the biggest game of the season, but 
I mean, that could just as easily backfire. And if you guys are down 2-0 and bringing him on for the at halftime, trying to get back in the game, then the, the whole thing goes into like what could have been if Salah started from the beginning. Just like I feel like the first the attacker is Luis Diaz right now. Like he's I feel like he's Liverpool's like his. Ah, oh, I just uh, the the even even in that that game against Benfica, like he could have had like four goals. Like, the, did you see just... the Klopp quote from him before that game about him being like he's played Benfica a bunch this a bunch recently with Porto, and we asked him how to play it. He spoke for ten minutes, and I didn't understand a word he said because he still doesn't know <laughs> English. Yeah, he doesn't know what Klopp English doesn't yet. speak Spanish. So, like, um, yeah, I I do think though, I think they'll probably go with the the same front three. Of Mane, Jota, Salah, because this would be Diaz's first opportunity up against City. Kind of like bring him on in the second half. Um, I think midfield is set: Thiago, Henderson, and Fabinho. Although Naby Keita had a heck of a game against against Benfica, some really really nice balls to open things up. But he's somebody I'd probably rather bring on if we were trailing in the second half, or you're trying to break the. The head-to-head. I think you restore Joel Matip. He's been on great form in the Premier League, maybe even better than Virgil van Dijk at points Oh, I've been of the saying season. that on the pod. Matip's been unreal this season. He's amazing. I love him. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Robertson and and uh, Trent on the way. Like, I hope Pep Guardiola doesn't start Phil Foden. That's like... <laughs> like <laughs> He's he starting won't. Phil Foden. He's starting he Phil Foden. But, like, if, if Pep could just do me that solid, just don't start Phil Foden, because that guy always somehow scores against us. But... I do think, you know, we've we've seen a bunch of these Manchester City Liverpool games or these City Chelsea games where we're like this one should be the one of the best games of the year and it turns out to be like a nil-nil squeaker. I think we've got like a Premier League classic on our hands. Probably not that like crazy 4-3 they got into in like 2017-2018 when Klopp's teams were first kind of like announcing themselves on the scene in English football of like, hey, we're somebody you don't want to fuck with. But I think, I think we could get like a. I'm gonna say a two-one win for Liverpool, that with like, a, just an absolutely crazy last like 20 minutes of the game, where Liverpool is trying to kill it off and City are trying to desperately get that goal, and Liverpool go up by two points, and and then it's gonna be just a sprint to the finish. Although Liverpool schedules nuts right now. I was about to say, you guys do have a pretty hard end of the season. Just like the, the, all your remaining fixtures in the Premier League, th- there's almost no easy ones left. Like, you still have to go to St. Mary's, away Wolves, I think away Newcastle. You still have to play Manchester United. Right. You still have to play Spurs. I mean, not wor- I'm not worried about Manchester United. No, I, I'm not saying you should be worried about them. <laughs> right. But it's just like, it, 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 there is some, some, you could get a draw in some of those games, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And now, I'm not also- saying, City's definitely going to slip up too, though. We We get, we get, Everton at home with a chance to uh, pile on their relegation fight, which I think is, you know, maybe next year both teams in Liverpool win trophies. It'll be Everton returning to the Premier League and Liverpool lifting another big one. Uh, <laughs> That's harsh there, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, they, they hey, lost to Burnley today, you know? You got it. They're a point look, out of relegation. Look, if Everton were in this spot and Liverpool were in their spot, they would be saying the same things. You've got to rub little brother's face in it when you've got the opportunity. Like, let, let's call a spade a spade. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one Liverpool, and uh, I'm gonna say goals from Jota and Salah for for uh, and a Trent Alexander Arnold assist to boot to to add to his absurd season. You know what I feel really stupid is last year I put a future on him to lead the Premier League in assists, and I 
obviously it didn't hit and I didn't invest in that this year. And I was like, damn, I had the right idea a year early because he's going to win it like hands down and he's going to continue to set like the, like he's going to continue to break his own record for most assists by a defender, which is um, the fact that England can't figure out a way to put him into the starting 11 is, it's truly laughable. I know Alex wants Reese James in there, but hey, I, I I've said many times you can play them both. Oh, that play ball Reece he in the played in the Champions and League. And play Trent as the right wing back. Liverpool second goal for Mane's goal. Like that was just unbelievable. I mean, he and he does that. He he does that like five times a game. So it's just yeah, like it, it's, it's almost it's just you don't even. It's almost like you're not amazed by it anymore, but you're still amazed by it because it's just it's it's unbelievable. No one else on the planet does what he does right now. Javier, what's your uh, score prediction? I'm going to say 2-2. I'm going to say it's a crazy game, and I don't think anything is settled. I think it's going to be like go down to the the, the, the rest of the games, and, and we're not going to learn anything from this game. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little pushback there, Andrew, on the idea that a draw would... I mean, I'm not saying it's it would be impossible for you guys to draw and continue on and win the league. Uh, it certainly wouldn't like clinch the league for City. But I think looking at the two schedules for the two teams, like the best chance you have to not only you know get ahead of city but also like shift the momentum and then stop city and in their tracks in terms of their own confidence is to win this game right now unfortunately i don't think that's going to happen i think city are going to win 3-2 in uh probably one of the most memorable premier league games of not all if time nathan so. ake or Cancelo's Laporte, playing at left Laporte back. And Stones. No, Cancelo's good. I'm not going to take but shots. I don't I mean he doesn't play left like he's not a he's not a natural left back. Like he he plays on he plays right back generally for Man City. So if they, he's playing at left back and they have Kyle Walker at right back, like Liverpool going to have a lot of joy down that wing. I respect Kyle Walker a lot. I like I don't Man can defend. I'll give him that. 100%. 100%. Um, All right. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for jumping on this with us. We really appreciate you, uh, you know, sparing the time. I know this is uh, this is right on the edge of what you're used to recording uh, for podcasts now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Plus Money Podcast, uh, best soccer picks you can get in 15 minutes or less. We'll have a full analysis of all the best bets you can get in the Premier League this weekend. And as uh, we do a game of the week in the Premier League every week, obviously, we'll have a bunch of plays for Manchester City, Liverpool. And um, one that it's been really hot. It didn't hit this last weekend, but uh, had hit in like six or seven straight games. And I will be back on top of it this weekend is Barcelona and over two and a half. Uh, Barcelona are on a crazy, crazy unbeaten stretch in La Liga. And uh, that's one we're riding really hot right now. So keep an eye out for that one. But yeah, if you got any, uh, if you need any help gambling in the Premier League, just follow me on Twitter at Andrew Pissarro or at the plus money pod. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Of course, boys have a good, uh, have a good rest of the pod. All right, man. Good stuff. Thanks, Andrew. Really looking forward to that game of the season uh, coming up Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Manchester City and Liverpool. Uh, thanks again to Andrew for jumping on with us to uh, record that. It's always nice to have him back on. Javier, thanks for jumping on this one, too. I appreciate it. You can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMoss92. And you can follow the podcast accounts at Coast Goal Pod. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and leave a rating and a review. New ratings and reviews help new listeners find the pod. And all we ask is that you guys, uh, if you're listening, help us grow this thing a little bit. So uh, Javier, enjoy the games this weekend. And until next time, see you.